Christ can change your past. He died on the cross so that all the sins you've ever committed, all the things you've ever done wrong, are forgiven. You were dead. He breathed into your lungs the breath of eternal life and he resurrected you. It is by grace. Now, now, right now, you confess and believe. Welcome to Not Another Baptist Podcast, a weekly podcast about what two pastors are learning in the trenches of church revitalization. My name is Matt Hensley, and I'm the pastor of May Hill Baptist in May Hill, New Mexico, and the managing editor of Lifeway Pastors. And I'm joined, as always, by none other than Kyle Bierman, pastor of First Baptist Church of Alamogordo, New Mexico, director of Replanter Development for the North American Mission Board, and um, I, I am proud to carry the ban the, to wave the banner saying that we need to return to 1920s fashion in the 2020s. Hey man, I, I bought three suits while I was on. I vacation. saw that man. You're, you're going like, uh, yeah, up there in the thing, things are about to get spiffy up on the mountain, man. Gonna get sp- so is part of that fashion going to involve, uh, suspenders? Do I need to get those two? So, so I'm planning on getting some uh, matching suspenders and bow ties. Yes. Okay. Because that is, if you, so if you just kind of Google like 1920s fashions, that, that's a lot of what po- pops up along with like tweed suits. Um, so vests, if, if you have a vest, um, matching suspenders and, and a bow tie. Well, I should have yeah. kept that in mind when I bought the uh, suits that are not tweed, uh, <laughs> nor do they have uh, vest. But I, I was kind of snarky, and I asked my mom, what did people wear in the 20s? And uh, she just looked at me and said, I'm taking you out of the will. Uh, to those that are listening, my mom was born in 1938, but the ongoing joke uh, in our family is that she was close personal friends with Moses growing up. So, so <laughs> So yeah, uh, and speaking of, dude, I just got out of the car Mm -hmm. uh, from 550 miles from EFW to May Hill. And do you know what it's doing outside right now? It's snowing. As a matter of fact, it It is snowing in in the desert, believe it or not. Well, it's, I, I think I walked into my family and I said, hey, guys, it's raining. <laughs> I, said, I said, well, it's, it's like a rain-snow mix. Yeah, I was, I'm all the way back home from the church. There, there were definite snowflakes mixed in with the, uh, with the raindrops on it my is, windshield. Here what I can say is outside of our house right now, it is totally white. It's That's sticking, awesome. and it's like a Christmas miracle. And, yes. and it, I, I love it especially. I, I think that was one of my grievances is the fact that anytime yes. I go out of town – it snows and it, it did, did this time. I say, and, and, and a big one, right? Y'all, y'all got a big one, yeah. There. And then I, uh, I came back and was expecting it to be like a thousand degrees and no snow in sight, but uh, it is very cold and um, it's snowing. And That's so awesome. I don't know. I guess we need to go back and record another Festivus <laughs> episode. Oh, and, don't worry. I have grievances on this one. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I'm sure you do because uh, is, is Jason Garrett still the coach? Yes, Jason Garrett. After like five meetings with the uh, with the Cowboys, um, yes, he is still the coach. So I'm retracting my <laughs> uh, my my Festivus grievance. You know, I kind of tempered that. No, I, I I'm offering a full retraction. Uh, the Cowboys are at the top of my grievance list, at least until today. We'll get to that in a minute. I, I have other grievances <laughs> after <Yeah>. today. <laughs> oh man, but I, oh man, it's so good to be back. Uh, my mom and dad's house is like 80 degrees, and uh, so we came home. And I'd forgotten that I turned the uh, heater down 
uh, because we'd be gone. Right. And I came in and it's like 55 degrees in the house. Ooh. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. And then my girls are like all wearing their, their jackets um, and stuff. They're like, daddy, can we turn on the heater? I was like, uh, not yet. Not yet. Let's so, just savor this moment for just a so, second. So I actually, I actually have a story about um, when, when we were up in Clayton in the northeast part of New Mexico, it got cold up there. And we left for a Christmas break or something. And same thing, I turned turn that heater way down to like 55, 60 degrees. Um, we, I don't think we had any pets at that point except a fish. Uh, we left behind to then somebody came in to feed it i did not consider the fish when i turned the house to like 55 and so this this fish's name was ranger because he was red and blue and i think i froze uh ranger to death over that christmas break <laughs> because it got too cold in the house so um, it was yeah. it was just I, a metaphor for the ongoing rangers play yes yes death. yeah yeah, that's right. Yep, as as dead as a floating fish in the uh, tank. <laughs> but uh, did you have a good Christmas? I did. Yeah, we went up to our um, to my in laws, Michelle's parents, in northeastern New Mexico, and we saw quite a bit of snow. Um, it was one of those. Man, it was great. So we we got to their house. We drove up on Christmas Day, and got to their house, and I did not leave their house until I went to go fill up my my truck with gas um, on Saturday morning before we headed back. So it was it was great. Just those one of those Christmases where you're just with some family and have a good time. Lots of um, lots of cards, lots of dominoes. We had a great time. So yeah, we don't do fun. any cards. We don't do any dominoes. Uh, it's pretty much just um, football on TV, and okay. it doesn't yeah, matter if it's high school, college, pro. Mm. It's just on twenty four seven for my dad. Uh, yeah. And uh, you'll ask him what the score is. And this time, my my dad. You know, there were moments where those that are listening in, my dad's, uh, his health is failing pretty quickly. And, and uh, you know, there's there's times that he's just kind of there and, and somewhat vegetable. I mean, he doesn't really talk, you know, he won't really respond. But I, uh, I mentioned, I was like, what's the score? And uh, he said, well, you can see the score yourself. <laughs> I was like, well, that's the dad I remember. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we had a good time. And, uh, what, what's always nice is, uh, my, my mom is, uh, she like forces Rebecca and I to have dates and, uh, be, because of where we live and some of that kind of stuff, we don't often get dates and, unless the girls are in school, things like that. Yeah. And, uh, but my mom wanted like unhindered time with the girls <laughs> to, uh, clean and they learn how to iron and cook and all that kind of stuff. Oh, Hey, and, that's a productive uh, trip. Yeah. And then we just, you know, so, so to, for a homeschool family, we, we count those as school days where those things yeah. happen. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you, you count that. Yeah. Total, totally. Like, like when we were at Disney, we went to the hall of presidents. Okay, kids, this is a field trip. Now <laughs> we're, we're checking off all these days. <laughs> I love it. And, uh, but we, we had a good time and, uh, I went to Whataburger twice. Oh, uh, I went wow. three times over Thanksgiving, but just twice this time, you know, I was trying to, you know, new year, new me. Uh, I didn't want to overdo it. Uh, and we did go to in and out to have a lesser burger, uh, <laughs> along the way. And, uh, that, that slider was just what I expected. And, uh, but yeah, it was a good trip. So, Good. Good. Uh, yeah, That's we're awesome. glad to be back. And as soon as we finish recording this, I think I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> I'm tired. That's great. Well, well. Hey, so. speaking of uh, speaking of the trip that, that you made today, um, there was some news that broke while you were driving. I believe 
if, if I'm not and mistaken. it wasn't Jason right? Garrett getting fired. No, it was uh, not. Sadly, it was not. No. And uh, I, I don't, I don't quite know what the news you're talking about, but uh, I'm, I'm sure it was great. Uh, okay, fine. So I'll, I'll share it. So uh, no. <laughs> earlier today, um, our, our friend, Dr. Bart Barber, pastor of First Baptist Church in Farmersville, Texas, um, announced that he is nominating you uh, this summer in Orlando at the, at the 2020 Southern Baptist Convention. He is nominating you to serve as president of the 2021 SBC Pastors Conference in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, and so we, my, my, my first item of business is to say that we need to have Bart come on the show because I have many questions. <laughs> yeah. In fact, um, in fact, for, is... for recording, I know we don't have video for this, but, but I am, I'm legit drinking out of my RC Sproul what's wrong with you people mug right now, because I thought that was uh, appropriate for the, for the announcement that yeah. came out today. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, and let me just say, it's, it's a wonderful thing with just the timing of it was that uh, I drive from Dallas to Abilene and uh, to get us out of the traffic, all that kind of yeah. stuff. Cause y'all left early this morning too. Oh, yeah. You were on the road early. Uh, yeah. 545. And uh, so we got to Abilene saw a dear friend of mine and uh, who's a pastor there and uh, visited with him. And I sat in a Corvette uh, that, that has my name on it, but uh, he, he won't sell it to me because he's trying to save me. He doesn't want me to die. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, but yeah, I sat in it. But the, the best part of that story is I set the alarm off uh, because <laughs> the windows are down. And it was locked. And so I just reached in and like unlocked it. And then in the middle of this showroom, you know, people are trying to make cells and all that kind of stuff. And it's just honking uncontrollably. They couldn't find the, the remote for it. And so it's just honking and honking and honking. And there's, there's Matt Hensley sitting in it like, Hey guys. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it, it, uh, it was fun to sit in and, uh, and we had a good time, but, but all yeah. that to say, then she gets in the car, Rebecca drives, uh, from Abilene to Artesia because there's absolutely nothing. Nope. And so there's very nope. little ways for her to get lost, uh, because there's really no turns or anything like that. So she just drives that part. And then I get us back up the mountain. And, uh, and of course that was through some snow. So that was fun. And, uh, we made it home and, but all during the time, that the announcement happened. Uh, it was while I was in the passenger seat when I was going to take a nap. Uh, but instead, <laughs> my phone is just going absolutely. <laughs> well, bonkers. so, so I do feel better that, that you were texting me um, and responding on Facebook and Twitter uh, while you were not driving. So kudos there. Um, so I'm, I, I was slightly worried. I was like, man, he is responding a lot. I, if, if he's driving, we're going to have a talk. So, okay. Good. Good. Yeah. Job. So I didn't do that, but, but I, I have to tell a story that's kind okay. of off, off topic, but regarding driving is I did the first part of the drive. Three of the girls are in the back. So we, we still have our car in the shop. So we took the truck, which meant we spent like $10,000 in gas, <laughs> uh, but three of the girls are in the back. And then Gracie, our youngest was sitting in the middle between Rebecca and I, Rebecca is sound asleep. The other three girls are sound asleep. And I think that Gracie is asleep and we're driving along. And the next thing I know, she screams at <laughs> absolute top of her lungs. Daddy's speeding. 
I just saw the sign. It's 70 miles per hour and you're going 73. And I about had a heart attack. And uh, so, so yeah, I said, go back to sleep. <laughs> so uh, we're raising a few uh, legalists, I guess. Well, and, uh, well, I will say, Matt, that if you drive the speed limit, you don't have to worry about that. This, this is true. This is very true. And I also know that if we did get pulled over, that the first person to speak would be that daughter. Yeah, she was speedy. <laughs> Daddy was speedy. Yeah, and I, uh, I told him to slow down, but he didn't listen. Yeah, but but it was it was really awesome and and uh, you know encouraging because it, not not of the sense of you know hey hey look at me uh, or or anything like that, but but yeah. people reaching out to say you know hey we're excited uh, be, because you know my my heart as as you know. Uh, is is of course for the local church, uh, but for fellow pastors that it doesn't matter if you've got 50 in your church or 5,000, there's great phenomenal days of ministry where it's just downright magical. And, and then there's days of ministry where you're barely hanging on by a thread. And, uh, and probably that's the lion's share of those days. (laughs) And so at at times, especially those, you know, you're, you're in a small town, you know, for, for New Mexico, you're in a big town, but but it's still comparatively a small town. Right. I'm in a unincorporated town of like <laughs> sixty, and uh, it's it's easy to be isolated. And so the fact that you can encourage pastors of of all ages, all sizes, all backgrounds, all that kind of stuff, to really be the the Aaron and the her of one another, lifting each other's arms and saying we're in this together. I mean, we have one goal, yeah. whether we're in a church of five thousand or fifty is that's to advance the kingdom. And, uh, and so seeing that, you know, it had nothing to do with, with me, but seeing that from people of championing one another and, and encouraging fellow pastors, yeah. that's, that's the only reason I'm still on Twitter. I mean, cause there's not all that <laughs> redeeming quality at times, to right. say, yeah. but to say that I can, you know, send a tweet or a direct message or a text to somebody that's in, you know, hot springs or somebody that's in uh, Florida or, or all over the country and just say, Hey, it's worth it. You know, we're, we're in this yeah. together. And so to, to kind of have an opportunity for that with this has, has been an encouragement. So, so it made the drive go by very fast. It also <laughs> meant that my phone stayed plugged in the entire time because yeah, I'm sure it, it was yeah. just non-stop. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh man. All right, so so let's talk about this nomination uh, just a little bit. So so we know that uh, right now you are serving and, and have for the last three years at uh, Mayhill Baptist Church in the booming metropolis of Mayhill, New Mexico. Yeah. Um, so so tell tell our listeners because we we've alluded to some some previous ministry experience that, that both of us have as we've you know shared we have thirty three. Com- combined years in, in ministry. Uh, but just, just tell us a little bit about uh, what that ministry history looks like for you. So it's, it's been just about everything, um, whether it's student ministry, music ministry, both of us have similar kind of yeah. paths into the pastorate, um, or at least a senior pastorate. And uh, in, in one very brief stint as a children's pastor, uh, but God graciously saved me out of that. Uh, but you know, we love children's pastors too. But that that was not what God had called me to. And uh, but uh, yeah, it was a so, sanctifying experience, is what yes, you're telling us. Yeah. So so I I really started at at 16 uh, with a 
opportunity to help launch a contemporary service at a local church in, in my hometown and uh, as, a, as a music minister and uh, probably too young uh, to be doing that kind of stuff, but it was great. It was at my Meemaw's church. And uh, she's like, I don't like the music that you'll be doing, but I think you'll be a great fit. <laughs> so, uh, but, I don't so, like these folks' music either. So that's just yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so that's how it kind of started. And, and even before then, uh, I, I was fortunate to really be raised as a, as a pastor, for lack of a better word, by the associate pastor of my church growing up, where we spent every every week in hospitals or nursing homes. And, mm. and he constantly said then, he said, I don't know what, what you're going to be called to, to do at 30 years old or 50 years old or whatever, but you'll never outgrow the, the need to remember those that are often forgotten. Yeah. And, uh, and so whether that was, you know, these, you know, uh, old folks in a, in a nursing home or, you know, people, you know, we've, we've told the story about the person that was not deathly ill, but when I prayed for him, I said, you know, God, you know, if, if it's your will that they die, let it be uh, peaceful. <laughs> yeah. Unless you, I think you remember that. Uh, but, uh, you know, spending that time with him really kind of set that DNA for me of the, the forgotten people, you know, whether it's nursing homes or hospitals, that kind of thing, even as a youth pastor, um, at, at 21 or 25, I was spending time in nursing homes and retirement homes and mm -hmm. so forth, uh, because it's just easy to, to forget, um, because out of sight, out of mind, that kind of thing, but they need to hear the gospel and they need to continue to grow. And so yeah. to pour into them, uh, with, with the free time that I had then. And so that, that kind of charted the course for all of my ministry was always kind of a, I don't want to call it well orbed in a, you know, that I was doing a great thing, but I might've had the calling to be the youth pastor at this church, but I was still serving these, these people that were kind of in the shadows. Mm -hmm. And, and so that I guess just was just kind of ingrained in me. So then now as a pastor, uh, you know, of course there's still the nursing homes and, and hospital visits, all that kind of stuff naturally as a pastor that you're going to do. But because of that, just upbringing in the ministry, I've also thought of the pastors that are in the middle of nowhere. They don't necessarily have somebody in their corner. Their church might be struggling. You know, they, you know, we've talked about it before. Maybe the, the waters of the baptism uh, or the baptistry haven't flowed for a while. And you're trying to figure out why am I even doing this? You know, nobody even cares, you know, that kind of thing to, to, to remember. And that's why we wrote the book, of course, Yeah, that's right. was that God is doing an amazing work in Dallas, Fort Worth. And he's doing an amazing work in Mayhill, New Mexico. Yeah. He's doing an amazing work wherever. Um, if, if there are people there, they need to hear the gospel. And, uh, and so we can work together and encourage one another. And so through that, you know, the opportunities with Lifeway Pastors and some of that came up uh, where I can write for the pastor of the church of 5,000 or the church of 50 and encourage all of us to, to work together because we, we, you know, Southern Baptists are at their best when we're worshiping together, when we're working together, when we're advancing the kingdom uh, together. And, yeah. uh, and so it doesn't matter if you're preaching from a uh, pub table as you do, or <laughs> the, the actual pulpit as I do, uh, <laughs> or, or if you're in a church that has, you know, four hymns and, you know, or, or a church that's all contemporary, all of us. 
um, wherever we're at, we get up on Sunday morning with the same calling, and that's to preach the word. And, uh, and so to encourage guys, whether they're in the middle of nowhere, whether they're in the middle of a city, whatever, to, to fall in absolute love of Jesus in proclaiming his word uh, that can say that I'm doing a good work, even if nobody else notices it. And uh, because I'm doing what God has called me to do, I'm caring for these people that others have forgotten or looked past. And, uh, and so that, I guess, kind of brings us up to today is it started at, you know, 12 years old in the nursing homes and the hospitals. um, And then now is, you know, pastors of all sizes, all ages, you know, it's, it's nothing but just encouragement and, and reminding one another, as I need to be reminded, you know, what you're doing actually matters, <laughs> you know, whether there's a hundred people or, or a thousand people, it matters. And, uh, and that those, you know, a hundred people on Sunday need to hear the gospel just as faithfully as the, you know, the church of 10,000 or whatever. And, uh, and it doesn't matter how big your flock is, um, that there's no insignificant pulpit. And uh, because all of them are significant, because all of them are used by God to push back darkness and advance the kingdom. And, yeah. uh, and so it's, it's neat to kind of come full circle, I guess, now and, and see that, though, though I'm still very young in the ministry, that I hope to still be doing that at 70 years uh, old or, or whatever, uh, when I'm as old as Bart at, at 80 years old or something, uh, still <laughs> loving on and encouraging pastors younger than me, older than me, in bigger churches than me, smaller churches than me, all of that. Um, and, uh, and so that's a neat opportunity with this, this yeah. nomination. Yeah. And, and, you know, as we've talked uh, many times here on, on the show, um, both, both of us are serving in normative uh, churches. Meaning, so, so kind of the, the definition of normative church is under 250 in worship on Sunday mornings. Um, and, and the normative churches are uh, over 90% of the SBC. So, you know, you coming in as the um, pastor's conference uh, nominee, um, you're coming from a place, I think, where, where most of our listeners, most of the SBC is. Um, guys who, who are not preaching to thousands every week. Um, but, but are preaching to, uh, like you said, everywhere from 50 to 50 to a hundred, most of, most of our SBC churches. Um, and, and again, you know, we, we don't discount the, the, the mega churches. They do some incredible work for the kingdom and, and they have some incredible resources that all of us benefit from. But, but I think it's important that we hear from, uh, from a normative guy and no, 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 notice I said normative, not normal. That is not a term <laughs> yeah. I would ever use to describe Matt Hensley, this uh, is normative. Yeah. All right. Again, um, a pastor serving in a normative sized church. So, so as a normative sized church pastor, um, tell us just a little bit about kind of your goal or your, your vision. And I know it's early in the process, um, but, but what are, what are you kind of, how do you envision the pastor's conference going if you are in fact elected as, as president in June? Well, I, uh, I think first we should maybe uh, coin a new term that I am normatively abnormal. How, how about that? We'll, um, we'll go with okay. that. I'll, maybe I'll, that I'll, could even be the theme of the I'll conference. allow that. Yeah. No. Uh, normatively. Yeah. Uh, but so, so I, as I shared, you know, there, there's no greater joy than, than serving the local church. And, and I, 
I would be tickled pink if, if God would allow me to stay here until I'm 75, 80 years old. Uh, I love this town. I love this place. I, I love the people. And, and it's a great joy to, to serve. Uh, God has also given me a, a heart and, and I believe a calling to serve and encourage pastors in the trenches, like, like I said, whether urban or rural, which I can't even say that word, but the middle <laughs> of nowhere people uh, all, all over uh, is, is one of my greatest joys uh, because I, I really want to see myself as a friend and a champion of pastors of, of all stripes. And, uh, and as we know, ministry is awesome, but like with anything, there's ups and downs. It's, it's a roller coaster. There's times when it's great. There's times when you're like, what am I doing? Uh, joys and sorrows and, and all of that. And, and I believe we can put together a pastor's conference for the guy on cloud nine, that life is great. Church is growing. God is, is clearly at, at work, uh, as well as the guy barely hanging on to a thread to remind him that yes, God is still at work, uh, that God still is working in and through and perhaps in spite of me and even in all of these uh, struggles. And so I wholeheartedly believe that the pastor's conference can be relevant for the nobody, quote unquote, uh, as well as the somebody, um, the guy in the middle of nowhere, the guy in the middle of the growing city, uh, because as I said, Southern Baptists are at their best when we're worshiping together. And, mm. and what a joy to come together for a pastor's conference of a room full of pastors and their wives and maybe lay leaders, all of, all of that together, all different. Um, it, it's, it's a little small taste, you know, an appetizer, I think, of, of heaven. You know, we're going to worship together. We'll sing together, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, but also come together for that simple call to cooperate and advance the kingdom. And uh, mm. because no matter what your, your size is, we all have the same job description. <laughs> and so <laughs> it's not just other duties as assigned by the deacons. It's, it's, it's the, the call that we've been given by God to push back the darkness and, and advance his kingdom by proclaiming Christ. And, uh, and so you know, I realize that pastoring can lend itself to isolation, uh, especially those of us that are kind of in, in no man's land. Um, and so my, my prayer is that it will be a time for, for kind of like that Aaron and her of, of lifting each other's arms up and, and saying, we're in this together. We're going to fight together. Uh, we're going to have our disagreements. We're going to have our differences, but we're going to come together around unity in this endeavor, this call to reach the world as we preach the, the word. And, uh, and so whether I have a, a beard when I do that or not, that <laughs> still remains to be seen. I've <laughs> that, seen that was going to be my final question, by the way. That was thing. I've said that I've given up the, the autonomy of my, my beard. Uh, <laughs> Bart Barber. And that's, that's kind of scary. Uh, but but uh, to be fair, Bart doesn't drink coffee, so I'm not sure his opinions can be trusted on facial hair. <laughs> th this is true. But then we should wonder if we, we should even care for his opinion for the pastor's conference. Oh, that's true. I, I'm, I'm kind of worried. Like, what does this do to my, my cred? I mean, he, he has no, he has no facial hair and he doesn't drink, he's, and he he's doesn't a drink Cardinals coffee. Fan. <laughs> he hates the DL, um, <laughs> he hates coffee. He doesn't just not the drink DH. It. You mean the DH, the, 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 the designated the hitter. Yeah. 
he, he hates all of these things and uh, has, he doesn't even not have a beard. He doesn't even have sideburns, man. And, <laughs> uh, and so the weird, there, you could not find a more opposite, like odd couple than Bart Barber and Matt Hensley. Um, and, uh, but, but I did, Hey, I got to say, I, I burned them back. Uh, is, is he said something about, uh, I, I made the comment. I said, yeah, you know, my, my cheating Astros or whatever. He said, Hey, there's always room in the national league for another fan of the Cardinals. And then I just <laughs> responded with Mark McGuire. And then he, he said, fair, that's fair. So, <laughs> Oh goodness. Well, this is going to be a fun uh, six months as we lead up to June. And I will give you time to uh, win me over as a supporter to, to win my endorsement <laughs> for your uh, pastor's conference nominee. Yeah. <laughs> um, man, so no, I, let me be the first to say congratulations. And this is a big deal. I'm, I'm excited for you. Um, I'm excited, uh, first of all, to have a normative science pastor uh, be nominated for this role. And I'm, and I'm excited that it's you. And so I think it's going to be a lot of fun uh, to get to see this, uh, this process unfold in the next few months. So, I appreciate it, brother. Mr. Um, nominee, are there any closing thoughts that you have today? Um, it's still snowing. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's still snowing in the desert, too. It's, yeah. I'm telling you, this is like a New Year's miracle. This, is. this is the way to kick off the 20s. Yes, right with, with snow roaring, on the ground. The roaring twenties. Yes. Forget that. It's the snowing twenties, baby. The snow. Maybe we can enter the ice age. Hey, so. if that means that there is skiing that can happen often, I am. I'm down with that. Yeah. If yeah. If, if it means there's not snow in the desert, but there is up on the mountain, and I can be up there in 30 minutes and on the slopes, I'm I'm good with that. Yeah. So. And uh, and I do need to remind you, uh, uh, Kyle. We we don't pay the bills uh, for this uh, this podcast, and uh, so I, I need oh, to right. take a, a moment to also thank uh, Southwestern. Uh, not just for their sponsorship of, of this podcast, but, but also for the way they have trained me uh, at, uh, at Southwestern through my MDiv. And, and now as I uh, pursue my doctorate with them in, in expositional preaching, uh, that they've really helped me become uh, the pastor that I am. You know, people like Dr. Queen, uh, you know, we, we've talked about it before, Dr. Priest, all of these guys that are there, uh, they truly are practitioners and and they get it and so it's not this ivory tower of academics but these are people that have been in churches and are in churches you know i think of dr garnell uh probably one of the leading systematic theologians in the sbc if if not the leading systematic theologian uh yet he's also uh preaching at a church and uh and, and leading in that way and and so to, to be a part of that seminary has been a joy. And uh, so we encourage you to check out swibbits.edu after yep. the show. And, yep. uh, and I don't, and, I and don't in your, how, Oh, I, I, I don't know how all of the, the ins and outs of the pastor's conference works, but if there's a way for there's to be a, an official uh, <laughs> word for the pastor's conference, I can also promise you, it will be the CSB. Hey, that's your uh, first campaign promise right there. It is. Right that's, there. <laughs> yeah. uh, but CSB Bibles for all. No, I don't think I can say that. Uh, but uh, it would be awesome if the CSB wants to do that for us. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, if, if, if John the Baptist used the Christian Standard Bible, if Jesus used the Christian Standard Bible, if the Apostle Paul used 
the Christian Standard Bible, then for crying out loud, guys, get a copy yep. of the CSB, baby. Let but, us remember, you, you are being nominated as the SBC Pastors Conference president, and you cannot spell SBC without CSB. Hey, well done. So, there you go. And, and so you. visit, not, not, not sbcbible.com, but no. csbible.com after yes. the show. And you can find the translation that yep. Kyle and I both use in our devotionals and our sermons. Uh, my sermons are better, but, but still, same <laughs> Bible, same here. word. And, uh, and, and we're grateful for both of them and the way they have helped us bring this to your ear holes. And, uh, and so until next time, visit us at uh, Not Another Baptist Podcast. Follow along on Facebook for uh, more news as the Pastors Conference uh, you know, all the news and so forth comes out for that and another encouragement that we'll put on Facebook or on Twitter at NAB underscore podcast. And uh, since I still have not made coffee uh, since my return and you are drinking coffee in your coffee yes. mug, why don't you send us out, brother? All right. Uh, well, as I'm drinking in my What's Wrong With You People mug from R.C. Sproul, may your coffee be as black as night and as black as this mug. It's a sharp mug. And as bold as the gospel you declare. See you in Orlando, baby. <laughs> <laughs>